Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life workshop teacher trainer and Heal Your Life coach trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best-selling book, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders. Tune in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and You Can Heal Your Life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest today is Melody Saul by Body Works by Melody. You can find her by going on Facebook and searching just that, Body Works by Melody, or facebook.com, Mind, Body, Spirit, Self Healing. She has been a mind, body, spirit expert for almost four years now and has been working with the body itself since the early 2000s. So she knows a lot about the body and about holding in stress and the effects of stress and other things that have we have in our mental health and how they impact our physical health. I am so excited to hear what she has to share with you today. Melody is always learning. Uh, we actually met in, I believe it was 2017 at a Heal Your Life training. And she has also been certified in mind, body, spirit medicine as well. Welcome to the show, Melody. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's always so exciting. I enjoy our conversations and know that you have so much value to add to the listeners. Thank you. So how we met was uh, in Calgary a couple years ago at the very first Heal Your Life training in Canada. And it was evident to me early on that you are a powerhouse. You are so connected with everything that you do and you express yourself so well and just really believe in everything that you do. So let's just catch up a little bit and maybe you could tell me how Louise Hay or the book You Can Heal Your Life first came into your life. About four years ago, I was divinely guided to really tap into the mind-body-spirit connection by my own health issues and looking for ways to improve on those health issues. Lots of gut stuff, lots of food intolerances, you know, led up to uh, me checking out uh, Dr. Divi Chandana's website and Mm -hmm. because she's and ask an expert on um, global. So I checked her stuff out. There was a course there that talked about becoming a teacher. But to do that, I had to take the six-month complete healing course. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. And so that was the really the start of learning about the emotional connection and our body. 
And then when I started learning, of course, you know, you start learning and then your mind is just like this great big sponge. And, and so then I just started looking into all these different areas of, and books and people and, and discovered Louise Hay and started reading her stuff and, and, and just wanting to learn more and wanting to learn more. Yes. One of the ladies that I'd met through uh, one of Divi's courses online I told me about the Louise Hay course in Calgary and I looked up the details and I'm like, I got to go. This is we're I'm getting in on the ground floor here. And I knew it was really important. Of course, I didn't know exactly why, but I knew that the connections that I was going to make going to this week long learning were going to be so empowering and powerful. And so that's where I I started with the Louise Hay, just sort of a natural feed into um, all of the other stuff that I've been learning. You know, I find that often with mind, body, spirit work, we can recognize things like, you know, oh, I have a headache, you know, it's probably because of this, or I have a sore back, it's probably because of this. But what about that piece with the intuition, when we just intuitively know something, you know, like intuitively knowing, I should take this course or intuitively knowing I should call this person? How do you think that all fits into the whole mind, body, spirit piece? I think that is crucial. I think that we are born with that knowing, and we learn by living in the world how to ignore it, if that yeah. makes any sense. And so when we are given permission to really allow that knowing piece to come back into our lives, I feel like that is the piece that will guide us to the path of least resistance. It's almost like an unlearning, isn't it? Yeah, it's or about relearning what our connection is. Because if we look at the neural pathways, we can't erase them. So it's not like we can erase those pathways that we've already created, but we can create new ones and and travel down those neural pathways. So the beautiful thing is if we have intent and a desire to learn and be different, the universe is going to bring in all of those amazing opportunities for us to do that. And I just feel like the biggest piece of that is really listening to that knowing that is already inside of you, but we have this mind voice that says, no, that's not right. Or no, you better not do that. People will judge or you judge yourself for all these things with, because of the belief systems that we grew up with. I really like that phrase listening to the knowing, because I've done that too. You know, I've had that gut instinct about something and chose to be logical and reasonable and justified not listening to that gut instinct. So that makes a lot of sense to me, this listening to the knowing, just trusting that intuition. And I would think that it's like a muscle too, that the more we listen to it, the more we trust it, the more developed it becomes. That's been my experience too. And 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 it's it's relearning to trust it. Mm-hmm. Relearning. I like that. Relearning to trust it. So with the mind-body-spirit connection and with your Louise Hay background, some of the things, of course, that, that are fundamental principles that she teaches as activities are things like visualizations or affirmations. 
do you have any experiences where you've used those things to change something in your life or to overcome adversity in some way? Well, <laughs> um, well, actually, so when you got a hold of me the other day and asked me to do this interview, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Yes, yes, yes. I just gotten home from work, had your book sitting at my door, started reading, was so excited, got a hold of you, left a message, and you got back to me and said, oh, I'm doing this podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, right on. So then, you know, we organized time. I didn't thought I wasn't thinking about it. Had my dinner, watched some TV, and holy man, my sinuses were going crazy. My throat started getting scratchy, and I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to do some energy work on my head, just pounding away. I thought, oh my gosh, like what's happening? Did I pick up some energy for my last client? Go to bed early, get up, and I'm going about my day, and I'm thinking, geez, my throat's still a little bit scratchy, and the sinus thing still hanging on there. Now that I've been doing this work for a little while, I sometimes, sometimes it takes me a little bit, and sometimes I have this light bulb moment, and I'm like, oh my God, it happened right after Victoria asked me to do this, this podcast thing. Hmm. Let me look up sinus because I know throat is about speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I look up sinus in, uh, in Louise Hayes, fill your life book. What does it say? Oh crap. Now I forget what it, what it, exactly what it says, but basically not, accept, not accepting yourself. Huh. And I thought, bingo, bango, there we go. So what was the affirmation? I love and accept myself or I, I love and accept myself in that moment of awareness of what the emotional, the underlying emotional energy was. When I read the, read what it meant in that aha moment was even a release of that emotional energy because I understood where it was coming from. And that's such a great thing to share too, because I think so often our listeners think, well, I have to go through this whole protocol and procedure and work through this and it's going to be difficult and it could take weeks. But I love what you shared that just in that moment that, aha, you were able to release. Was able to release some of it, but then there's still that little voice in the back of my head, you know, playing those judgment things all over again, that inner child version of me. And that version is my 12-year-old's very awkward, very, very afraid of not fitting in self. So whenever I go into a place of self-judgment, it is her that is coming in and feeling that fear. So I did the affirmations. I just kept saying, I love and accept myself. And in that, I also imagined my 12-year-old self and loving her and telling her it's okay it's okay. We've got this. We're going to be okay. I love you exactly the way you are. And, and so there were more pieces to it, but the biggest piece and the biggest piece for me now understanding and truly believing at the root of all of my pain and all of pain, sickness, illness, and disease is that emotional energy piece that is attached to those thoughts we think over and over and over in the back of our heads. So when I can identify what emotional energy that I'm holding onto and have that aha, that's when the shift for me starts. That is the key piece right there, identifying the emotional energy. 
And I love that you're nurturing this 12 year old child too, because how many times, if you're like me, how many times do we just want to run over that inner child and be like, I don't want to hear what you have to say right now. I, you know, I, I want to feel comforted. I want to feel confident. I want to feel in control. And then we ignore that inner child within us, but she, she is still a part of all of our decisions and still running the show, so to speak, but just from the background. And then we end up doing the same things and getting the same results over and over and over again. For my personal learning, Mm -hmm. and this may be like, some people may, this may fit for some people and and it may not, but it fits for me. You know, I'm reading about the ego and reading about the saboteur and, and it just, you know, everyone puts a kind of a different spin on it. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. What I see and feel is any resistance that we experience, that, that the voices that are in the back of our heads, the, the fear voices, the, the angry voices, the, the frustrated voices come from a version of ourselves that have experienced that same emotion to a greater degree. Mm-hmm. Most of that stuff comes from our childhood. And you talked about that in your book between the ages of like, well, between conception and the age of eight and 10, when we don't have a voice in the world, but we're still feeling um, and and learning and believing things to be true about the world around us and us in the world. Mm-hmm. All of those thoughts are attached to emotions. If we experience an event or trauma or we're taught or believe something to be true and the emotions attached to those things are greater than, so if we say at scale from one to 10, one is very little, 10 is extreme. So we're experiencing something to a greater degree, 9, 10 on the scale. Every time we feel that, it's the child version that's coming in. So if I experience fear of my well-being, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what triggers it, I'm going to respond to a greater degree as a 9 or a 10. My thoughts are going to be crazy thoughts that don't even make any sense because I'm reacting to the degree that that fear was created as a child. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this is, may sound like a silly, silly thing, but this, this is reality. And if we start to pay attention, we can see these patterns. I had an awareness shortly after that I, I started doing the mind, body, spirit stuff of abuse between the ages of three and six. I believe that I was inappropriately touched. I don't have all of the exact memories, but there are memories that click together like a puzzle and a knowing in my body that it's true. So many things make sense from that. So the fear that was created for my own well-being at that age was a nine or a 10. Now, I've just discovered this, that when I experience the same kind of fear, fear for my own well-being, I'm reacting at a nine or a 10 on the scale. The other morning, it was really cold. The pellet furnace is going. I go to hop in the shower and the smoke is coming down across the window where it normally would go straight up. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like nothing, but instantly my brain is afraid. What is wrong with pellet furnace? Is there like, do I have to race down to the basement and check it? Like I am in a nine or a 10. My energy has gone crazy and I am like afraid. So yeah. my logical brain, my adult brain is saying, don't get all carried away, blah, 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 blah. but I'm, 
pulsating out of fear on a nine or a 10 on the scale. Mm -hmm. My logical brain says, maybe just go check outside. Maybe it's windy. <laughs> so yeah. I did. And it was windy. It took me about 10 minutes to bring myself out of that energy at a nine or a 10 level. Yeah. Affirmations. I am safe. I am okay. I am safe. I'm okay. But the voice in the back of my head is still screaming, get out. So there was that real distinct difference between the fear that I felt by seeing something and not knowing if my well-being was okay. Mm -hmm. My adult brain saying, okay, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. So that's an example of how crazy we can shift. Absolutely. And now imagine that had, had that been a situation with another person, for example, you know, somebody else in your life or somebody in my life or our listener's life has done or said something or implied something that puts us into that same state, right? Into that triggered state, whether it's fear or anger or frustration or some sort of resistance like you were talking about. And then, you know, the pushback. I mean, you didn't have pushback on anyone other than yourself because it was the furnace that you were dealing with. But had it been, you know, another person, the pushback, they would have felt that resistance as well. And it's so interesting how these things from our childhood keep showing up in our life when we are feeling in a state that is comparable, which is, you know, what you're sharing here. I just find that it is so incredible to think about how much of our life we go through in a state of reaction rather than responsiveness. Yes. For me personally, and what I'm teaching my participants in my workshops is that when we can recognize what we're feeling, so a lot of us go through life not even having a clue, not even being able to name the emotion we're experiencing other than fear or anger, happiness, love, basics. Mm -hmm. I, I hand out a feeling wheel and it doesn't even have all the feelings on it or the emotions that we can list. It's got 74 when people start looking at that, they can get an idea of what they, what we're capable of feeling and how many different emotions we can experience when we, so here's the thing that I ask, if we don't even know what we're feeling and we ask our, you know, if we have a male partner, well, what are you feeling? And they look at us with a blank stare. It's because they really don't know. Women are at least allowed or encouraged to feel our feelings, but men haven't been over the years. So that's just kind of a funny side note. Well, and we're, we're encouraged to use the language of feelings as well, where I think a lot of times in our culture, at least, men are not encouraged to use the language of feelings. No, but even as females and, and feeling more free to express ourselves or regarding what we're feeling, we still quite often can't identify it. So I, mm -hmm. I believe that when we can identify what it is we're feeling, rate it on a chart, how, what is my reaction, and understand that if we are reacting to a greater degree, it's attached to an experience or an event that created that to that same degree. Mm -hmm. And aha, we can start to look at it differently. Yes. Yes. And then to start to notice in the future, too, when that does get triggered, we can catch ourselves and be like, okay, I know what's going on here. Yes. 
if we have no awareness, things can't change. It's mm -hmm. the awareness piece that, that brings the change. And it doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. I mean, you know, we're all in a process of learning and growing and learning and growing. And, and there's going to be those big triggers. And as we learn and grow and recognize what those triggers are, we can use self-compassion in our learning from that piece. Absolutely. Now, I know you spend a lot of time with your clients and workshop participants and so on, you know, talking about these things, doing the mind-body work on a physical level through massage and so on. Um, but what do you do for you? Like, do you have a daily practice that keeps you tuned up or do you find that the conversation with people is enough? What's it like to be Melody? Oh boy. What's it like to be Melody? Well, first of all, the, the teaching is my jam. I have to say I, when I have a participant that has an aha mm -hmm. piece of clarity, it is such an expansive thing for my own heart, my own growth, my own healing it is the most beautiful gift that I could receive. Mm -hmm. So I do it for my own selfish, selfish purposes, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> there, there's such a joy in um, leading others and teaching others to having yes. their own experiences. And you uh, know, I hear a lot of coaches and teachers say that they're like, when my client gets it, that's the moment that I'm like, I am meant to do this. I love what I do. Life yeah. is good. Yeah. Learning for me is really interesting. Learning. I just always reading something, always learning something. Um, meditation for me is key. It mm -hmm. allows me to center myself. I journal in the mornings and I used to make rules about what I should journal and, you know, reading different things. Okay. Journal this way. Oh, okay. Don't journal anything that's negative. Oh, okay. This way. Now I just, my journal is whatever it needs to be. If I need to work through something emotionally, I write it down. If I'm just talking about my day, I write it down. It doesn't matter. So spending that time for myself is really important. Mm -hmm. Meditation, I think, and it doesn't have to be anything specific. I know people say, well, I don't know how to meditate. And I tell them there's no wrong way to meditate. Well, I can't focus. Well, it's like anything else. First, my meditations were three minutes and my, you know, everything went everywhere and it doesn't really matter. Learning is learning no matter what it is you're learning. Yes. Yes. And developing. Yeah. Practice patience and persistence. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to write that down. Practice patience and persistence. Doesn't matter what yeah. it is. I love that. And getting outside is key for my re retaining my sense of ha-ha. So <laughs> it doesn't matter how long I'm moving outside, but getting outside, if I mm -hmm. don't get outside, yeah. I find that I get cranky pretty fast. You know, our bodies are so attuned to nature, and you're so fortunate to live in one of the most beautiful places on the planet, in my opinion, and be able to enjoy that nature right there. But even for people who are living, you know, in the cities, even just getting out and having that fresh air and having that connection with this big, huge sky that is much bigger than you are, and, and you know, the, the sun that warms and lights our world, and, and just really having that connection with the universe, knowing there is something greater than ourselves, I think is such an important piece too. So I'm glad you brought that up, getting outside, 
get, you know, getting a connection with nature, whatever that might look like for you. So you're journaling, you're meditating, you're getting outside, uh, you're practicing with, with, with clients throughout the day. It sounds like a good life. Yeah, you'd think, hey, (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do have a beautiful life and I am extremely grateful every day. You know, um, people use the word lucky and I, I, I say, I don't believe in luck. I believe in, I'm fortunate. I am very fortunate for these things. I'm not lucky. Things didn't come to me because of luck. I don't believe in coincidence. I really believe in, in divine guidance, divine purpose, divine, everything is divinely connected, that we are so divinely connected. Yes. And one of Louise Hay's points of philosophy is our thoughts are creative. And so, you know, whether when we use our words and our thoughts to create our lives, we are definitely going to be getting out what it is that we are putting in. Yes. It's only ever our thoughts that get in the way of our own happiness. You know, I know like some days I'll wake up and I'm cranky and I'm thinking, what the hell's different? Like this morning from yesterday, but, but you know, now I, I, sometimes I can't always figure it out and that's okay. I I will give myself permission to just have, have a cranky day if I'm having a cranky day or a sad day or whatever, because there's an emotional piece that's attached to the thoughts that I was thinking that created that. Mm -hmm. So using affirmations that are positive, that are, that are, that we have no resistance to that, that are happening right now and, and keeping it simple sometimes is the easiest. So I find if I keep it really big, really simple and keep the words positive, like they're happening right now, like the, the one that I was using out of the book because I was nervous about today, I love and accept myself. Yes. A year ago, the love piece would have had resistance, but I have been working on that. So that felt good. It was simple. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what I was going to say is, is that I think sometimes people have such a high expectation of themselves because they're like, well, I'm living in this spiritual world. I'm on this spiritual quest on my spiritual path. And I should just feel great all the time and be in this high vibration all of the time and practicing gratitude and so on. And I think a lot of times people miss that point where, you know what, if, if you want to just take an hour and wallow in whatever or if you want to take a day and just say today's going to be that day that I just feel what I'm feeling and so on absolutely I think that's such an important piece so I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's where comparison comes in too we think no one else is having these feelings no one else is having this kind of day where they just want to stay in bed with the covers pulled over us but the truth is we're all having those you know, whether it's one day a year or one day a month, we can all relate to that feeling. Well, when I look back, or I believe, let's say, that each and every single person living on the planet has experienced trauma to some degree mm-hmm. in their life as a child, bringing things forward, whether it, whatever their experience, their emotional response was to that um, in direct relation to how they felt at that time. Mm-hmm. Having said that, our stories are different. 
your story is different than my story, but my experiencing fear and my experiencing sadness or frustration or resentment or judgment is the same. If each and every single one of us on the planet is experiencing the exact same emotions, but their stories are different, the degrees are different, but really the connection that keeps us all together or that we can used in a piece of understanding for one another is that we're all experiencing the same emotions. We are more likely to give compassion to someone else than ourselves. So going back to that compassion piece, learning to be compassionate for ourselves in our experience softens that judgment. That is incredible wisdom right there. And you've explained it in such a way that is so easy to understand. So our stories are different. Our emotions and our feelings are the same. That's the connection piece. Adding the compassion pulls us all together. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm I'm hearing. And and to me, it makes 100% sense. And I know that I'm not the only one who's going to feel that way. Okay, because sometimes the words come out and I'm like, did that even make any sense? (laughs) I don't know what it sounds like. (laughs) Well, I find that you make a lot of sense. So not to worry at all. Not to worry at all. So is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, perhaps one thing that you would really like to encourage people to do as a self-care tip. Listen to your body. Because your body is telling you something all of the time. And the biggest piece right now that fascinates me more than anything else is how immediate our emotional energy is affecting the cells in our body. And our body is this beautiful, amazing thing that we live in every day and are usually mad at for something. But if we can understand that the body is an indicator of what it is that we're holding, we can then ask our body, why am I holding this? What am I, what is it that I'm holding? And when we have that awareness of what it is we're holding, we can move from that place and shift. And so I would, I would suggest that instead of looking at our bodies as this thing that's separate from ourselves to really being understanding and appreciative of what our body is telling us. And I usually say to my clients, because I'm a masseuse and I've been working on people for years, your body will start to go, Hey, Hey, Melody. Hey. And then we ignore it. And then it's like, Hey, Hey, Melody. Hey, Hey. And then it's like, listen, you're not listening to me. And, and it's when we have this extreme pain or this extreme event happen with, with our body that we finally start to pay attention, but it's talking to us all the time. And so when we can identify what emotional energy we're holding, be compassionate with what that is, learn to look at it differently, use positive affirmations to to shift out of those old limiting belief systems. Mm -hmm. We can really make some amazing and miraculous changes with this beautiful vessel that carries our soul around. Melody, as always, you are an amazing speaker, so incredibly powerful and so incredibly clear. I'm sure that those words are going to help so many people. So thank you so much for that. 
I just wanted to share a couple of things before we sign off, and that is uh, we talked about recognizing our feelings and being able to identify them and having the language of feelings. Uh, you talked about a word list, and I know one thing that I've used in the past is on Byron Katie's website, so uh, B-Y-R-O-N-K-A-T-I-E dot com, and also on Brene Brown's website, so B-R-E-N-E Brown dot com. They both have lists of feeling words and lists of emotions. And so if the listener would like to go print those off or go take a look at those to really help you develop your language of emotions. I have found those tools to be really helpful. Now you spoke of a feeling wheel that you share with people as well. Yes. And I just Googled feeling wheel and there was a whole bunch of different ones that popped up. So if, if the listeners, you know, want to do that, they can find something that fits for them. Absolutely. So that is great. Thank you for sharing that. And then also, you know, the tip about listening to your body and when you are first starting to do that, you know, you might feel like you need some help as well with identifying where and what that's coming from. And so Louise Hay, Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, at the back there is a section on identifying what is going on with that mind-body piece, as well as you can just buy the little book or even the app called Heal Your Body and have that to help you to identify what it is that's going on. And then of course, listening to your intuition and taking things even deeper and getting into that state of compassion and working through the affirmations and healing your body. Melody, thank you so much for being with us today. I, I love what you have to say always. I am so grateful for your wisdom and thank you for sharing that with the listeners. I am going to end today's call with a treatment from the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And I would just like to talk about the treatments that Louise has at the end of, or the beginning of chapter one, which is what I believe, because I think that ties in really closely with what Melody and I were speaking of today. So if you are able to, and it is safe to do so, please take a moment and take a nice deep breath. Close your eyes. Let your consciousness just settle into these words. What I believe. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. And yet, life is ever-changing. There is no beginning and no end. Only a constant cycling and recycling of substance and experiences. Life is never stuck or static or stale for each moment is ever new and fresh. I am one with the very power that created me, and this power has given me the power to create my own circumstances. I rejoice in the knowledge that I have the power of my own mind to use in any way I choose. Every moment of life is a new beginning point as we move from the old. This moment is a new point of beginning for me, right here and right now. All is well in my world. And so it is. So as you gently return your consciousness to the moment, think about this today and as you go throughout your day, listening to your body, thinking about emotions, developing that emotional language and knowing that we are all connected 
Our stories are different, but our emotions are the same. Thank you so much for being with us today, Melody. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am very honored to be here with you today. And I look forward to our future ventures together. I'm excited. I'm just excited. And I just want to end by saying thank you very much for writing your truth in your book. I, it is so powerful and so healing and so poignant that um, I just, I know it was a healing process for you and it is going to be so incredibly healing and powerful for every single person that reads it. So if your listeners out there want to read your book, do that. And then some, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Thank you again, Victoria. Oh, thank you, Melody. And may it be so. That was the reason that I wrote the book was to help promote the healing on the planet. So may it be so. Thanks again for joining us. And I look forward to having you on the show again. Bye-bye for now. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon. Do that and then some. Transform feelings of less than to more than enough. Thanks for joining us.